0: Our message today comes from the book of Joshua, the sixth book of the Old Testament, the first book of the 12 historical books of the nation of Israel. And if you are a Christian, if you are a Bible reader and you know something about the Bible, you're probably familiar with the story of the nation of Israel, Uh, a nation, a group of people who had been in captivity in Egypt. And the Bible says that he raised up, God raised up a man named Moses. And he called Moses to lead the children of Israel out of Egypt. And we know that as they came out of Egypt, that God performed the great uh, miracle of the parting of the Red Sea, and that the children of Israel walked through on dry land and into the wilderness, into what is now modern-day Arabia. So they crossed what is called the Gulf of Aqaba, or part of the Red Sea, and from Sinai into Arabia. And... It was a great miracle, Pharaoh and his armies were drowned in the sea and God intended that his people would spend just a few months passing through the wilderness and then that they would enter into Canaan land or what we call the promised land, the land that God had promised to Abraham and to his descendants. And we know that when they got to the doorstep or the door or the gateway to the promised land that they failed to have faith, they feared the giants that were in the land. And because of that they ended up wandering in the wilderness for 40 years until all the adults 20 and older except for Caleb and Joshua had died. And now here we are, we're at the doorstep of the Promised Land again, Joshua is now the leader of Israel, and God is about to take His people into the Promised Land. And the Bible tells us that Joshua, he sent two spies into the land to get a report. And they, these these men came to the city of Jericho, a city that was walled with a great, a great huge wall around the city. This wall is so massive that it had houses in the wall. And these men come to the city and they come to the house of a lady named Rahab. The Bible says Rahab was a harlot. She was a prostitute. She was a, she had lived a very wicked lifestyle, giving of her body to men for money. And Rahab, when these men came to her house, the authorities of that city of Jericho heard about it and they came looking for these two men. And they asked Rahab, where are the two men, the two strangers that came in? They knew that these men were of the nation of Israel and they wanted to find them. And Rahab said, well, there were were two men. But they have gone, I have no idea where they went. Go and look for them. But the truth is, Rahab hid those men and protected those men from the leaders of that city. And she would she would go on to make an arrangement. She'd make a deal with them, an agreement with them. We're going to pick up in Joshua chapter 2, verse 9, reading this story. The Bible says, And she said unto the men, I know that the Lord. Hath given you the land, and that your terror is fallen upon us, and that all the inhabitants of the land faint because of you. but we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when ye came out of Egypt, and what ye did unto the two kings of the Amorites that were on the other side Jordan, Sihon and Og, whom ye utterly destroyed. And as soon as we had heard these things, our hearts did melt neither did there remain any more courage in any man because of you. For the Lord your God, He is God in heaven above and in earth beneath. So Rahab says to these two men, she says, look, I know who you are. And more importantly, I know who your God is. He's the God that parted the Red Sea. He's the God that gave you victory over King Sihon and King Og, two giant men. And she said, man, we have heard of your God and our hearts have melted. That means we have no courage in us to fight against you. And she said, your God is the true God. Your God is Lord. And she used the name of God, the word Lord, Capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. That word in the Old Testament is the name of God. It's the word Jehovah. Some people say Yahweh. But it's Jehovah God, the one who is eternal, the God who saves. That God, the I am, the great I am. That's God. She said, she just didn't say your God. She said, Your God is eternal. The God. He is the Creator. He is the true and Almighty God. Now this this story or this prophecy, or I should say this, this story of the people in the land of Canaan, fearing the Israelites, was prophesied in Exodus chapter 15, when the children of Israel, over forty years before this story, of Joshua leading them into the promised land over 40 years ago is when they crossed the Red Sea. And when they crossed the Red Sea, they celebrated in Exodus chapter 15. And the Bible says this in verse 14. The people shall hear and be afraid. Sorrow shall take hold of the inhabitants of Palestina. Palestine is another name for the promised land or Canaan land. Then the dukes of Edom shall be amazed. The mighty men of Moab, trembling, shall take hold upon them. All the inhabitants of Canaan shall melt away. Fear and dread shall fall upon them. By the greatness of thine arm they shall be as still as a stone till thy people pass over, O Lord, till the people pass over which thou hast purchased. So God had told the children of Israel over 40 years ago, listen, These giants in the land, these people that live in Canaan, they're going to be in complete fear of you. They're just going to melt away because they've heard of what I can do. I don't care how big a man is. He's not big enough to stand up against a God who can split the Red Sea. And God had told them that the people would have this fear. And so when the spies enter Jericho, they find Rahab who has heard about God and has responded in fear and in faith and has taken the action of protecting these two men. And she makes a deal with them. She says, listen. She, she helps them to escape the city. She puts out sort of a, a rope, okay, or maybe I don't know what the material was made out of, but it was something that the men could climb out of her window and go down the wall on. And it was scarlet colored. And before they left, she said to them, she said, Look, when you enter the city, please, please spare my life and my family. And the men told her, they said, When we come into the city, if you will hang this scarlet thread, the Bible calls it a scarlet thread, that you've let us down from your house, this this thing that we have climbed out of your window on, if you will have it there where we can see it, when we enter the city, we will spare you and all that is in your house with you. They made an agreement with her. And the Bible says in Joshua chapter 6, in verse number 21, it says, And they utterly destroyed all that was in the city, every man, every beast, was destroyed by Joshua and his army. But verse 22 says this, But Joshua had said unto the two men that had spied out the country, Go into the harlot's house and bring out thence the woman and all that she hath as ye swear unto her. And the young men that were spies went in and brought out Rahab and her father and her mother and her brethren. And all that she had, and they brought all out all, brought out all her kindred and left them without the camp of Israel. And Joshua saved Rahab the harlot alive and her father's household, and all that she had. And she dwelleth in Israel even unto this day, because she hid the messengers which Joshua sent to spy out Jericho. Now I want to give you just two truths today from this story that I call Rahab's redemption or Rahab's salvation. There's a lot we could teach from this story, but I only want to teach something very specific about this story today. I want to talk about Rahab's redemption. The first point I want to give you today is this. God will save, God will deliver, God will rescue The lowest among us. This lady was a prostitute. She had sold her body to men for money. She was a fornicator, a whoremonger. God said he hates fornication. He hates this type of sin. And that's what she was guilty of. And that's what she was known for. She was called not Rahab. She was called Rahab the harlot. This was what she was known for in the city. And yet, out of all the people that lived in that city, she and her household, because of her faith, were saved. She had made it out of this utter destruction because she had believed on the true and living God. She had feared the true and living God. God. God had mercy on her because of her faith. And God is willing to use. God is willing to save and use anyone that will fear Him. The Bible says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Look, every one of us are guilty. Some of you out there today are watching this program. I don't know what's going through your mind. I don't know why you tuned in this morning to preaching on TV3. Maybe you're a Christian. Maybe you watch this television program regularly. But perhaps some of you are tuning in for the first time. Or perhaps some of you are discouraged. You're thinking, you know what? I've sinned greatly against God. I've done things that I don't think God can forgive. Or you've done things and you, you wonder if God can forgive you. Well, I'm here to tell you today. Jesus died for all sinners. The thief the murderer, the fornicator, the prostitute, the homosexual. Jesus died for every sin. He didn't die for some sins. He died for all. The Bible says if all were dead, then Jesus died for all. (laughs) If Jesus died for all, then all were dead. You can't have some people were sinners and some people were not sinners. No, we're all sinners. And it's not, oh, I lied. And you, you murdered, you're guilty of hell, I'm not. No, God hates lying. Adam ate a piece of fruit God told him not to eat. And for that, death came into the world. Oh, friend, God died for all sin, and God shows us here His grace and mercy extended to the lowest among us, to the woman that was known for her sin. Look, I I sin, but I'm not known for my sin. This woman was known for her sin. She was called Rahab the harlot, and yet God delivered her from that city. Now, this deliverance that God gave Rahab, it was not a specific going to heaven that it's specifically talking about. It's specifically talking about He delivered her from the destruction of that city. But we see a picture here of salvation in this story. We see a woman who is rescued by God because of her faith. Look, Rahab recognized something. She recognized she was going to die in that city. She was not going to survive unless God delivered her. She recognized that the walls of Jericho were not going to protect her. She lived in that wall around Jericho. She recognized that the strength of the people of Jericho was not going to keep her from that destruction. She recognized that her only hope was in the people of God to have mercy on her. And she put her faith in that and not her faith in her own strength or her people's strength or the strength of that city. But the point I want to make to you first is that that God saves the lowest among us. Your past is not a reason for you not being saved. God died for all. The second truth I want to give you today is this. Rahab had to do something to be saved from her coming conquerors. The Israelites were coming. They were going to conquer that city through the power of God. And she had to do something to be delivered from that. What she had to do is she had to put a scarlet thread out of her window. She had to hang that scarlet thread out that said, Hey, this is my house. We're in here. Don't destroy us. She had to do something. In one way, this pictures our salvation through Christ. There's something we have to do to be delivered from hell. There's something we have to do if we're going to escape eternal damnation to a devil's hell. And what we must trust in is the scarlet colored blood of Jesus Christ. That word scarlet, it's it's a red, it's a, a very bright red color, like the color of blood. And for you and I to find redemption, from eternal damnation, for you and I to find rescue from a lake of fire. The Bible says that, but the fearful and the unbelieving and the abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. We all deserve that. Not just the harlot, not just you that's watching this, but me, I deserve that. And for us to be rescued from that, we're not going to be rescued by our own strength. We're going to be rescued because we trust in the blood of Jesus Christ. You see, Jesus died on the cross of Calvary for your sin. Not for some sins, all sins. He died and He shed His blood. He paid for your redemption. Do you believe that? Some of you, if I were to ask you that question before you watch this video or watch this program, you would say, oh, yes, but the truth is you're not trusting in the blood of Jesus. What you have been doing, you know about Jesus, but you're trusting in your own strength, your own ability. You're thinking you have to change in order to be saved you're thinking you have to conquer your sin in order to be saved well friend let me tell you something you're never going to conquer your sin in this life you live in a body of flesh you're not going to completely reform your life it's not going to happen you're going to continue to sin the rest of your days and the only hope you have is the mercy of god the only hope you have is to say jesus died for me Through His blood I can be saved, not through what I do for Him, not through the reformation of my deeds, but through Christ's blood is the only way of redemption. Don't just know about the blood of Jesus. Don't just know what He did on the cross, but believe on it. Put your faith in that. I thought that I would go to heaven as a 20-year-old man because I was a good person. But I came to the realization that I had sinned. And I didn't have to be called Rahab the harlot to have to go to hell. One sin would take me there. And I came to the realization I cannot save myself. Church is not going to save me. This preacher on the TV is not going to save me. My mom and dad is not going to save me. There's one person that can save me, and that's Jesus Christ, because he shed his blood that I could be saved. And my faith has to be in that scarlet blood. The Bible says in Matthew 26, 28, for this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sin. Jesus said, I shed my blood that you could be forgiven. The Bible says in Romans 3.25, whom God has set forth to be a propitiation through faith in His blood, to declare His righteousness for the remission of sins that are passed through the forbearance of God. God said that He would be our substitute if we believe in His blood, we will receive forgiveness. Hebrews 9, 22, And almost all things are by the law purged with blood, and without shedding of blood there is no remission or there is no forgiveness. In Romans 5, 8, the Bible says, But God commended His love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Jesus didn't die for the righteous. He didn't die for the good man. He died for the sinner. That's you. Murderer, thief, whoremonger, homosexual, whatever the case, Jesus died for you. And salvation is in His blood. Your faith in what He did for you on the cross. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have what? Everlasting life. That's God's promise. That's God's word. Why do some of you believe something different? Why are you letting preachers lie to you? Why are you letting these so-called pastors, these so-called men of God tell you that you have to earn your way to heaven, that you have to work your way to heaven? That's not what the Bible says. Give me one verse, show me one verse that tells me I gotta work my way to heaven and I'll show you 10 that say it's not by works of righteousness, but it's through his mercy It's through his blood, not through your strength. This Rahab being delivered from the city, it was a picture of salvation for you and me. She did not trust in the strength of the walls of Jericho. She trusted in God to deliver her. And she acted in faith. And I beg of you today, Stop placing your faith in your church and in your works and put your faith in the shed blood of Jesus Christ alone. Not plus anything else. Would you do that today? Would you admit that you've been trusting in something other than Christ? Would you admit that the reason you didn't think you could be saved is because you've been trusting in your own works? And I'm telling you today, friend, God will save you but through His blood. Confess that today. Tell God you're a sinner. Tell God you deserve hell. You believe that. But tell Him that you believe He died for you and rose from the dead and salvation is only through Him. Put your faith in that today. and God says you'll do that. He'll give you everlasting life. Thank you for tuning in to the Fundamental Hour. If you're in the Kamasi area, we'd encourage you. Come visit our church. You need to be in church. You need to be with God's people. Visit our social media platforms on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. See what we have to offer there. Communicate with us. We'd be be glad to hear from you. God bless you. Have a great day. We'll see you next week. Thank you.